In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. My name is Father Matt. I'm one of the rectors here, pastors, ministers, priests. We're in the fourth Sunday of Easter, and all of our readings today focus on the authority of Christ and how he uses that authority and how he invites his sheep, his disciples, his children into that authority. And it's summed up here. In this verse from 1 John 3.23, John says, And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. The commandment. This is the commandment. Notice it's singular. The commandment of Christ is one thing expressed in two dynamics. Trust in the authority of Jesus by operating in that authority, which is loving each other. Today we proclaim that believing is more than assent, and love is more than intention and words. Believing in the name of Jesus or living under or in the authority of his love happens when we consent to everyday extraordinary giving of what constitutes our livelihood, our time, our attention our ears, our money, our energy, our resources for the sake of others. And we know this because this is what Jesus did for us. He gave himself to us like this. So let us abide in Christ as we love one another today. There's two things in this first John reading I want to draw our attention to. Two things in the one commandment. The first is to believe in the authority or the name of the Son, Jesus Christ. Now, we've, we talk about this frequently, but it, it, it bears repeating that believe is more than assent. That to believe something is to consent to it. Not simply assent, but consent. So when we believe in the name of Jesus... We're trusting in the authority. A name of someone means their authority of Christ. We operate in that authority. And Christ's authority, John says, is love. The power of God is love. When we love one another, we're believing in the name of Jesus Christ. When we read the word believe, sometimes we go straight to the cognitive, to assent. So, but, but surrendered consent involves cognitive cognition. But it goes beyond it. It goes deeper than it. So, for instance, if I said, I believe in my wife. I believe in my wife. Everybody would know the subtext isn't, I'm telling you she exists. Right? It would have, there would be some, you, you would want to know more. And if I told you she was training for a marathon, then I believe in my wife would be, I believe she can do it. I believe she has what it takes. I believe she's not going to quit. I trust that she is going to be able to do it. My wife and I had a discussion this week about these pants I'm wearing. <laughs> she believes that they are black. And I believe that they are a dark navy blue. <laughs> Show of hands, how many of you think these pants are black? How many of you think these pants are dark navy blue? How many of you 
think they're gray. There's some wolves among us, brethren. Well, what we're talking about when we talk about what we believe my pants look like is just a cognitive thing. What is, what is my blink on this? There's no commitment or consent to surrender to that reality. My pants are making no demands on your life today. But when, when John says believe in the name of, our son, of the Son, Jesus Christ, he's saying consent to the authority of Christ. Today we proclaim that believing is more than assent, and love is more than an intention or just words. Believing in the name of Christ or living under his authority happens when we consent to everyday extraordinary giving of what constitutes our life. This is what John says. Our time, our attention, our ears, our money, our energy, our resources for the sake of other people, for the sake of the church. We know this because this is what Jesus did for us. He gave himself to us like this. Let us, church, abide in Christ as we love one another today. Notice that John is repeatedly going after this, that love is the measure and the goal of the Christian life. It's all about love. Many, many people think that 1 John and 2 John and 3 John are um, compendiums of what the gospel is about. So a lot of the same themes from the gospel of John, uh, shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, as Father Spencer read today, show up in 1 John. But this is radical for us. Love is where it's at, not power or intelligence or dashing good looks or 300,000 followers on TikTok. Love is a lay down one's life. So often when we hear lay down one's life and we think of Jesus, we do think of his, his literally laying down his life, taking up the cross, dying on a cross. Right, but, but this can unfortunately serve to let us off the hook of how we are to lay down our lives. Laying down a life, the word life there is livelihood, the stuff of one's life. So our energy, our possessions, our, our time, our relational networks. To lay down one's life is to give up, we could say it like this, privilege and power that we have. For the sake of other people. And then Christ or that love that Christ gives us abides or dwells in the reciprocity and mutuality of giving oneself to another. John says, whoever keeps this commandment abides in him. This is how we abide in Christ. We love each other. Not in word or speech, but in truth and action. Today, we see that believing is more than assent and love is more than just words and feelings. Believing in the name of Jesus happens when we consent to everyday extraordinary giving of our livelihood for the sake of others. We know this because this is what Jesus did for us. He gave himself to us in this way. Let us abide in Christ as we love one another today. There's a lot of things that interfere with our best intentions and the words we say about love in our community. I think the pandemic has exacerbated and heightened some of the isolation and the self-sufficiency that we typically live in. A lot of our 
uh, oases where we connect with people or we share meals together or we help each other's kids when they fall over with their chairs. Like a lot of these opportunities to not be so individuated have evaporated. And so one of the ways against love is just this lie of self-sufficiency. That to be vulnerable with somebody else is to be wrong or to be avoided. Another, another way that we miss out on love is to be close-hearted. You know, we have these liturgies in our culture. Even if you're not Anglican, maybe this is you're new to this tradition. We have these liturgies, and the liturgies go like this. Hey, how you doing? Fine. How are you? Fine. That's a liturgy, right? Just try to interrupt that liturgy next time. See what happens to you. Right? We're not used to answering that question honestly. We're sort of just greeting each other with a casualness and a superficiality. And I'm not saying it's wrong, but I'm saying that we can walk around with closed hearts and the people closest to us don't even know it. One final way against love, and John John gets at this, so does James, is that is we refuse to respond to what we see. John says if you see somebody who's hungry or poor, you offer them something. Part of the problem is we can't see each other. We live far enough away. Part of the problem is the need of the world is so huge. Where do I start? These people are starving. These people don't have health care. These people have political unrest and are fleeing uh, torture and oppression. These people are suffering domestic violence. These people are uh, languishing under um, the threat uh, in their community of violence. And so when we see all of this, it's impossible to respond to everything, yeah? Because it feels like there'll be nothing of me left. Well, I want to I commend to us today that John and 1 John is telling the church, hey, start here. Start here. Love each other. Christ loved the world so that you could begin here to love each other. And out of the seven fishes and two loaves could be bread for the world. One final word before we pray and come to the table. John has this middle section in this epistle where he talks about people whose hearts condemn us. Meaning inwardly, this is what this means. Inwardly, we don't believe we're beloved. Inwardly, we feel ostracized or cut off from God. Inwardly, we don't experience the goodness of love. And I just want to say, if that's you today, on Zoom or here in the windy dandelion field, that you're in the right place. The, the Ruach wants the Eucharist to happen now. That you're in the right place. John says this. 
God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God, and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments. That is to live in the authority of love and love each other and do what pleases him. So I commend to you this morning, if the good news of the authority of Christ's love over your life that enables you to love other people doesn't feel good enough, you don't experience, maybe that's a taunt or that used to be true or you wish that could be true. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you that God is greater than your heart? And he knows that. And the boldness that's being called from you today isn't to fix it, change it, to rectify it. But simply, we're going to pray. We're going to confess. We're going to receive Eucharist, make Eucharist. And we're going to sing, could you dare to be bold enough to meet a God who loves you in those four ways of worship? Because today, friends, believing isn't about mustering the cognitive of scent, having every answer for every question. And love is more than just words and feelings. But believing in the name of Jesus, what's required of us is living under the authority of his love. Inwardly digesting, beloved. And this happens when we live in love with each other. We lay down our life. We give away our livelihood, our time, our attention, our ears, our goldfish for the sake of others. We know this because this is what Jesus did for us. He gave himself to us like this. Let us abide in Christ as we love to another, each other today. Amen? Amen? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.